Hey guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you enjoy the Girl Dad Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe the relationship between a daughter and her father is one of the most important relationships a young lady can have. And therefore, my mission is to promote the daddy-daughter relationship by sharing the voices of girl dads to the world. So check out our podcast on every platform where podcasts can be listened to. And if you want to watch the podcast, check us out on our YouTube channel. Again, that's the Girl Dad Discussions Podcast with your host, Ernest James. Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Tees. With our inspirational tees, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Tees. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Tees at dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App. And make a donation to dollar sign E James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I am your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, make sure that you guys listen, like, subscribe, and share to our podcast on our YouTube channel and all of our uh, podcast listening platforms. We are there. Make sure that you guys are checking us out. Don't keep it to yourself, but share with someone else that we are out here putting good energy out into the real, talking about healing, fulfillment, and as uh, 
and achieving our goals and dreams. All right. Make sure you guys are checking us out. Also, check out our partner podcast, the Girl Dad Discussions podcast with myself as your host. Uh, we also share a YouTube channel. So when you go to YouTube and you subscribe to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast, you also find the Girl Dad Discussions podcast um, uh, there on YouTube. And also, I'm going to tell you guys how you can win $100 from the podcast, but you got to stay until the end of the podcast in order to get that information. If you want to win a hundred dollars, just stay to the end, which I know you're going to anyway, because we have good episodes and we have good guests just like today. So today, just like any other day, we are blessed with the guest, Mr. Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing good, brother. How's everything? Everything is everything. Everything is good. Uh, first of all, let me say thank you for being a guest. Uh, to be in here because you could be doing anything else, but you took out time to be here uh, with me and my listeners. And so we definitely appreciate it. And so, uh, Joe, do me a favor, introduce yourself uh, to my listeners and tell us who you are and what it is that you do. Perfect. Well, my name is Debt Free Joel, uh, aka Joel Bernardin, the full government, if you want to go that route. Um, my mission in life is to do one thing and one thing only, which is to provide financial independence and freedom and education. Uh, to everyone, specifically minorities, and even more specifically Black people, on how they can be better with money so that they can be more charitable. That charitable part is where I lose everybody. Um, but that's my goal in life, right? The reason why I created this, this forum, created this page, created this channel, created this lane, uh, was to educate Black people. It actually started back in COVID, back in 2020, when everybody was trying to figure out ways to help our people, to help our people move forward. I mean, some people were protesting, some people were doing this, some people were doing that. My way of giving back was to be to give a way to educate folks on financial literacy, something that is much needed in our community, something that is directly tied to your emotional health, to your to exactly how your behavior is going to be. Um, so I've been doing it for three years and and helping folks out and doing the best that I can. All right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. I'm a, I'm gonna start off by asking a, a question that I it's probably a dumb question, but never, you know, never a dumb, dumb question. question someone never. does not ask, right? So why do why is it important for us to number one learn financial literacy, you know, and then also to, to teach it to our kids? Because I know that you know a lot of us, including myself, I learned a lot of stuff as an adult you know, doing, doing, uh, dealing with credit and things like that, that yeah. some things I know my parents knew, but some things I don't think they knew because they didn't tell me about it, you know? So what is the benefit of, of knowing financial literacy and, and being able to pass that to your kids? Sure. Look around your house. Daily basis either has ingredients or instructions every day. Okay from basically how to use your toothbrush and toothpaste to how to apply deodorant to ingredients on a water bottle. I can't make this up. But the one thing that you use every day that doesn't come with instructions is money. It's it, This is not a coincidence, right? You learn the aspect of money, one of those severe lifelines of life, right? They say money isn't everything, but money ranks up there with air, right? You know when it's not there, right? You, you start to choke. So one of the things that when you realize about financial literacy is that there is no there is nothing that actually teaches you on how to use money. You learn to use money through the immediate surroundings that you have, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your cousins, your neighbors, right? And then society. 
And then that's what we see. But no one ever tells you, no, no, don't do that. That makes no sense. Or no, 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 you probably shouldn't swipe your credit card and max it out and then just be paying interest the rest of your life. Financial literacy is one of the things that I truly believe is purposely held back from us in society. And it's not just black or, or white. I think it's all of us. Because there is a severe need for us to always need credit, debt, a loan, something to generate interest in the economy for people to make money off of you, right? This is why your kids, when they're younger, they watch what you do. They watch the way you talk about money, stress about money, love money, hate money, right? Your mannerisms towards money, every single thing that you do as it pertains to the money, your daughter's watching. So when you walk into the store and you go, oh, my God, this is expensive. Guess what she's going to do in a couple of years? This is expensive, right? They pick up as children because they watch what you do from a behavioral standpoint. So one of the things I think you can teach your kid about money is to, number one, teach about money and then turn around and, all right, here's where I made the mistakes. This is what I did right. What is the point of passing on wealth to your kids if they're not prepared for the wealth? Yeah. So why is it important for you to learn financial literacy and actually to teach your kids? Think about it this way. When you look around your house right now, every single thing that you own either has ingredients or instructions on specifically how to use the product that you're using every day. From the shampoo to the soap to the toothpaste to the, the toothbrush to a bottle of water literally has ingredients on it, okay? But the one thing that you use every single day that doesn't have instructions is money. This is not a coincidence. I do believe my personal opinion is this is because of by design. You see, many of us, when we learn about money, we learn about it based on our surroundings. You learn from your parents, you learn from your aunts, your uncles, your friends, your cousins, your neighbors, your surroundings, your society. And unfortunately for people behind us, we're learning from social media. So you were given this vehicle, this tool to use every single day with no instructions. When you drive your car, you had to get a license. But for some reason, when you use your money, <laughs> you're just on your own. And one of the things that I realize is that we as a society need to get better on what financial literacy is, because if the goal for all of us is to pass down wealth to our kids, what happens if you try to pass down wealth to your child or your daughter, for example, and she's not ready for the money? Did you know that the majority of people who win the lottery go broke in five years? Right. Yeah. So it's not the it's not the number. That's the important aspect. No, the most important aspect is what to do with the money once you get it. See, a lot of people in our society were focused on just getting to the money. Right. As men, we can't have that bravado. We need to get to the money, flip the money, hustle to the money. Well, the problem is we can't keep it, right? So what's the point of getting to all that money if you don't know how to actually deliver it and put it in such a way that it can compound for you over time? So that's the point of financial literacy. The point of financial literacy is that most of us don't know what to do with a single dollar. What's going to make you think you're going to know what to do with a million? Most right. people, if you ask them right now, oh, how much would you know? If I had a million dollars, I'd be rich. Well, do you know if you probably had a million dollars to live for 30 years, it probably wouldn't be enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because especially with a million in, in this day and time, it's, it's not 
It ain't even stretching that far. Once you right. once you hit taxes, they already gonna hit you for half of it, you know, and they know. So you Thank pretty you. much right back where you started, depending yep. on you know your starting point. So I, I have a question. So I watch some of your videos, of course. I, whenever I have a guest on, I go and watch some of their stuff. And uh one of the things that you had talked about more recently was inflation. And right. I never even know really knew what it was. So can you explain for, for the people in the back and myself, what, mm -hmm. what the heck is inflation? Here's the best way to think about it. Inflation is rising costs. That's the whole point of inflation, right? It's things around you costing more money based on several different factors. And you can look at it politically, economically, all these different types of things. But what happens a lot is that the value of your money, that dollar in your hand is worth less now than it was two weeks ago, two years ago, 20 years ago, right? All you need to do if your parents are alive, if you have a people of an older generation, just ask them how much a newspaper was, right? They're going to make you laugh. It's going to be 25 cents. You try to buy a newspaper now, it's $2.25. That's inflation, right? The cost of goods that you have increases over time because the purchasing power of your dollar, of your, your currency decreases. Um, what happens a lot is that when money is pumped into the system, it devalues the currency, mm -hmm. Right. If I give you something that's pretty rare, like one gold coin, and you're the only person who has that gold coin in the entire world, you're rich. Right. But if every single person has the same gold coin in the entire world, eh, you're probably not going to have as much money. So that's inflation. Inflation is the cost of things around you rising. But really, it's the purchasing power of your dollar decreasing. That's the whole point of it. And inflation is the worst tax that we have in a society. OK. There is no other tax that we have that is worse than inflation because it rarely goes backwards, right? And inflation does not go backwards. If you notice when they raise prices, it sort of stays the same, Yeah. right? right? It, it doesn't go down. If you try to get a, an apartment right now, I remember when I was living in Brooklyn, trying to get an apartment, I was paying $1,600 or $1,618 or something like that. And that's a lot in Brooklyn, New York. Now that apartment's $2,200, $2,300. Right. That's inflation. The cost of things around you are increasing and your purchasing power is decreasing. And it is the absolute worst tax that you can possibly get. So what the Federal Reserve does is they raise interest rates. You're going to like this one. When the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, everybody starts freaking out. Why? It's because the cost of debt becomes more. See, when they raise interest rates, your credit card company raises interest rates. And the company that you borrow money for to get your car raises interest rates. And the bank that gives you the loan for your house raises interest rates, right? That's why the house, if you try to buy a house now, it's 7%. Who the hell wants to buy a house at 7%? They make the cost very expensive because the more that you keep buying, inflation keeps going up. So what they try to do is bring down the amount of currency that's in circulation. And the way they do that is by making it more expensive for you to buy things or it's gonna hurt for you to borrow money. That's why if you notice the credit card interest rate you have right now is 22%. So if you're carrying a balance, right? Let's say if it's six grand and you carry a balance of about 20%, you do the math. That's $1,200 every, every year that you would be paying just in interest. Wow. Yeah, I think most of us don't do the math. <laughs> And I think most of us don't even want to know the numbers. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. oh, my God. Could you just be like. <laughs> well, think about it this way, right? When you was in school, what were the what was the, the most hated subject that people completely disliked? Usually math. 
math. For the most part, yeah. Right? That was the one thing. So people associate money with math. And what's the one thing when you were younger? There was three things I think approximately they told you at the dinner table never to bring up. Religion, politics, money. Hmm. All those things cause arguments, right? Look in our society right now. You start <laughs> talking about politics, everybody loses their mind, right? You start talking about religion, oh my God, everybody loses their mind. You start talking about money, everybody's very personal about it. So now the one thing people are afraid to talk about and the subject that they most associate with are combined. So that's why people are like, ah, I don't want to know about this. Well, yeah, because it hurts. It hurts to hold that mirror in your face and say, no, 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 you're not doing it right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to ask you, because your, your name is, is Debt Free Joel, right? And so what, what does it really mean to be uh, financially, you know, to have financial freedom? You know what I mean? Because like I would think, uh, and, and I'm definitely not no expert, but, you know, there's a uh, debt to income ratio, you know, mm -hmm. and as long as your debt is not overcoming your your income, you know, that's not a bad place to be. But I'm sure, you know, from your standpoint, as knowing the numbers, what what actually does it mean to be financial free? Does it mean because I know they like like credit cards or to get like a, a high credit score is like mm -hmm. you need so many credit cards and you need a you know a line of credit or or you know some mm -hmm. kind of loan or revolving credit. So mm -hmm. they kind of make you have to use credit pretty much. So yeah. what does it really mean to be fi financial free if that's if that's how it's set up? And it's it's a it's a great question. Like, what is financial freedom? For me, I don't consider myself financially free because I still have to work, right? You still have to base an income. You still have to generate an income for you to live. Financial freedom for me is the ability for you not to work, but you choose to do so, mm -hmm. right? Because you love what you do, right? That's that to me is the freedom. The freedom is the ability to do what you want, even even if it means to work, because you're choosing not to work. But if you look at our society, our society is based on you borrowing money. Think about the last time you used cash to buy anything, right? If you go to a bar and you're sitting by a bar and you're like, everybody's buying rounds. When you get to the, you know, or, or you're at a dinner and everybody's pitching in on the check, you got five credit cards on the table. Nobody carries cash anymore, right? Because everybody's trying to chase points and all these type of things. You want a car, you finance. Like you said, there has to be some level of revolving debt. But when it comes to financial freedom, one of the things I realize is when I when I talk with people about debt, it's like, well, Joel, they make society that way. Yeah, they do. That doesn't mean you have to stay there. Yeah. Right. It doesn't doesn't mean that you have to stay there. Um, for example, if you have a credit card, nobody said carry a balance. You can use the credit card and pay it off that month so they don't charge you interest. I've never met someone who likes paying interest. Right. I never met someone who likes to owe people money. Um, I remember Kamala Harris said that during the presidential election. She said, um, just for the she said, just for the record, debt is when you owe somebody money. I'll never forget that she said that on national TV, right? And that's a real thing, right? Forget the political affiliation. Debt is when you owe somebody money. Why do you owe the person money? Well, you can use other people's money. Do you understand how rare that is? When people say, well, you can use, you can borrow at a lower interest rate and invest it at a higher interest rate. There are some really, really smart people who take that into account when they do these financial instruments. And I'm telling you, it is more rare than people think. So a lot of people get lucky and then they think that they're gurus. They're not. So for me, I think being debt free allows me to do three things. I can save, I can invest, and I can be charitable. 
right? You have to give back, right? You got to make sure that some of your money gives back. And one of the things I was able to see, you know, so right now, even me moving into the, right now you see me in the basement is because I am literally in my mother's house, right? I was able to come back and be a, a caregiver for my mother in her last days. And now I'm in her house trying to figure out what the hell to do, right? But one of the things I realized was that me being debt-free allowed me to make my mother debt-free. Mm. That's the that's the flex, right? Yeah. So when your mother is sitting there worrying about chemo treatments and this, that, and the third, and she's thinking about her last breaths and she's thinking about seeing her maker, money is not her concern. That's yeah. the freedom, right? The freedom to be able to donate to somebody and, and help somebody else out the freedom to help your kids out, the freedom to ensure that your child has a fully paid for a college tuition, that it's okay. And one, here's something else to consider too about financial freedom. In my personal opinion, the minute you stop caring about keeping up with the Joneses is when you start accumulating wealth. When you stop, you know, we, we, we're, we're starting to get, we're older, right? Yeah. So we, we stopped caring about the flashy chains and all this type of nonsense. Like, we stop caring after a certain while. Now it's to protect your child, to protect your family, to help people out. When you're when you stop caring about the material things, then you start realizing how much BS you're spending your money on. And then you can rearrange it and you can say I, a part of all that I earn is mine to keep versus just giving it to a bunch of people that I don't like. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I think that's a that's a good thing. One of the things that you mentioned to be able not only for you to be financial free, but then to be able to help somebody else, to help someone else become financial free. I Correct. think that's that's the thing, and that's what I was saying. Like you know, with with even my parents, like my mom, when they even came to credit, my mom had great credit. You know what I mean? But I don't think she knew how to use it in order to pass it on to us. You know, uh, I didn't even learn about you know. Uh, what they call it when you put someone else on your on your on your credit oh, like, card. Like, the, um, uh, the, the, like a secondary uh owner of a credit card where you yeah can yeah so you get their their credit their credit history you know yep. and like i said my mom had great credit she had thousands of credit cards you know because they was always sending them to her and just had she even known about that that could have gave us a head start you know All which right. is something i did for my daughter you know when she before she was 18 i had already you know, yep. had her on or whatever. So when she turned 18, she actually had better credit than me. I don't know how that happens, but right. Your daughter has better credit than you. And then she can really flex on people and be like, I don't really need it. If I don't, if I don't like now when she uses it, it's only for major things, right? Yeah. If she's going to buy a car and she has no other choice, but to finance it. Um, me personally, I would say just say buy a used car and roll down with it. But Let's say, for example, it's like, no, no, I want to buy a car. This is what I want to do. Well, she doesn't, she can use the credit score to her advantage as long as she has a way out. Mm -hmm. The credit score means nothing if all you're doing is paying interest to somebody else. It means nothing, right? And I think that's where people, um, we as a society put a lot of emphasis on credit, like a credit score, for example. Like mine is still 790 something, 780, 800. If it jumps or it, yeah. it moves like every single month, I don't carry debt, so I have no idea, but it still, you know, moves or whatever. But you can maintain a high credit score and not have debt, right? You can just simply make sure you're paying off. So for her, it's like when you pass on that to her and say, look, you have a better credit score than me, that doesn't mean anything if you go into debt. 
Right. Because if you the, all the, all the credit score tells you is how good you are at borrowing money. My question to you is, if you didn't have to borrow money, would you care about the credit score? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it is important, you know, uh, <laughs> if you got the cash, you know, then what you need credit for. I mean, you, I would still like to have it just to, in case or whatever. But if you if you can make the money, you know, which is a whole nother subject about, you know, um, but if you can make it, then, you know, you're in a better place than to have to borrow. Um, well, another thing that I heard you talk about, you know, on your on your page, I was going through and you, you talked about people retiring. You know, and um, I guess like some people thinking that they're able to save so much for retirement, but never really. Again, like we talked about doing the numbers, you know, it's like, okay, I want to retire at this age and but never really do the numbers, you know. And I I know I think one of you mentioned about uh, people getting laid off and even mentioned about union workers. So I'm a a union worker myself. I'm a player, you know, and so but. For us, we always get laid off. You know? Right, right, right. Our, that's kind of part of our thing. It's like you know, when the job is done, it's done. You it's know, done, once yeah. you build the house, ain't nothing to do. Once you once to once yeah. the last single go on, that's it. It's, it's finished. Yeah. You know. So just talk a little bit about that. About you know the understanding of what it really means, or what even people should have in place when they talk about retirement. You know, mm-hmm. when you're really talking about it, like what are the numbers, or what are, what do you really need to be looking at? to know if you're actually going to be able to retire? Yeah, no, it's a great question. One of the things that we we deal with right now as a society is we don't think we're going to get old. Mm-hmm. For some reason, we, we're living in this very YOLO instant moment, right? We're on social media because we can get it now. Nobody reads the newspaper, they read headlines. We like Twitter, little 148 characters, whatever it is. You can just read that and move on. Our attention spans are very small. So we don't think long-term. A lot of us, for some reason, do not think we're gonna get old. And here is the news for all your listeners. You're gonna get old. And you better hope you get old because that means you live the full life, right? You better hope it's a blessing to get to that age where you can sit back and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Now, here's the problem. We have a severe retirement crisis coming, in my personal opinion. The average 401k is severely underfunded, especially in our community, okay? Mm-hmm. As, as Black people, we are severely underfunded as it pertains to uh, the 401ks in our retirement. And for those people who are women, it's even worse for you because usually women have lower, on average, 401k balances than men. And it's because of several different reasons. One of the things that we realize is that our income, you know, every single month goes to so many bills. So we can't really allocate money to our 401k. The average person does not have the login information to their 401k. They don't know what they're invested in. They have no idea like what broker it's at. They don't know what they're contributing to their 401k. They don't know the balance. They don't know anything about it. They just know it's somehow deducted from my check. I don't know. But if you ask those same people, do you plan to work for the rest of your life? Hell no. Then what are you doing about it? Well, I don't know. Right. And it's it, that I don't know that the shrugging of the hands, it's I don't think people realize that if whatever decisions you make today affect your future self, yeah. just like the decisions 20 years ago affected your present self. Yeah. Right. You can't change the past. Everything that happened up to now, you cannot change. 
which you can change going forward. That 60-year-old, 70-year-old you is going to look back at you now and go, what the hell did you do? So from a retirement standpoint, do not think that Social Security is going to be around the same way. It's not. Don't think that Medicare and Medicaid, the way it's looking right now, is going to give you the same amount of um, benefits that they do. They're not. If you think that the government's going to come by and actually help you from a financial standpoint, just look at what they're doing on a day-to-day basis and ask yourself, are those the people you want managing your money? Okay. It's it's the truth. The truth is, is that it is going to be a blessing to get older, but it's going to be a curse if you don't aren't, aren't necessarily prepared. Something I remind folks about, and I know this sounds extremely harsh, but make sure that you're financially independent when you retire so that your kids don't have to support you. Yeah. I It hurts to say that, right? But it's the God honest truth is that you do not want your kids to support you later in life because you didn't do your job. Because guess what? If they're supporting you, they can't support themselves. And now they're behind the eight ball. Yeah, that's that's definitely. And and I can agree with you uh, because I have to even be honest myself. uh, Not that I didn't think I was going to get older, you know, because I definitely knew I was going to get older. Um, But like you said, when I was younger, I was in the even before I became a bricklayer, I worked in factories. You know, yep. and so they had the 401k and all this stuff. And I came to, I got something in the mail the other day because I worked at one factory for a couple of years. And so yep. they just sent me something in the mail about, you know, pension points and things like that, that I'm, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, yeah. I don't even know what's going on with it. Yeah. I'm hoping they yeah. me I got a lot of money though, but, <laughs> but right. I was the same way. And it was like, even when I, when I became to be aware of it, I still was kind of like, yeah. You know, because it was like, I'll do it later. Because you're dealing with your immediate problems now. Yeah. Right. The immediate think about what retirement really considers, right? Retirement says, hey, 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 you know, Ernest, I know right now you got a ton of bills, but I'm gonna take a little bit more of your money that you don't have, and I'm just gonna put it for the future for something that you don't even see. And you're like, yo, I got a car payment, a mortgage, a college tuition to save up for, I got credit cards, I got loan, and you want me to take money from now, more money from my check that I don't have and, and give it to my future self who I don't even know is going to be here. Right. right? <laughs> the problem is that we have to take a step back and go, what is the likelihood that we're going to reach there? And then you see it as a blessing. That's why I said, there's nothing you can do. Like my advice for people in your situation is always going to be the same. It's it's first of all, you must be able to forgive yourself because we all made dumb decisions up to this mm-hmm. point, including me. So if you have pension points and this, that, and the third, gather that information, you sit there on a Saturday and, or, and you work through everything and say, all right, I'm calling these people during the week and I'm going to get off, I'm not getting off the phone until someone explains this to me. So I know what to do, right? And then I can turn around and tell my kids and my significant other and say, this is what I have. This is where I'm going, right? So now you're fully in control of your situation. And I think a lot of people are afraid to look at it for two reasons. One, because it's math and finances and money and it makes them sick. And, and you know, it, it literally, from an emotional yeah. standpoint, makes them physically sick to look at it. And also the second is that they don't want to see that they haven't made progress. Right. And it hurts. It hurts. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off the wrong way. 
right? Like it's just shh, like you, it hurts to see it. But that's the only way that people are really going to change is, is when they see it for themselves and say, no, I got to do something. Even if I'm not going to get to the balance that I want, I need to get to the balance that I need and I need to start now. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's where I am, uh, even with my kids. Like, I want them to know now, like, what are you doing now, you know, for your future? Because, again, like you said, the things that I know now, had I known at their age, hmm. you know, I would definitely be in another, you know, financial situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so that's a, one of the things that I'm like, OK, look, this is what I've learned at 47. You know what I'm saying? My think about 47 ain't, ain't bad. That's what I'm trying to tell you. 47. Think about this. 47. Look, this is what I know at 47. Brother, 20 years from now is 67. You still can have eight, nine hundred thousand dollars in your, your um 401k if you choose. Hmm. Just allowing the years to compound. Right? So hmm. allowing to keep allocating money, it's not that bad, right? It's really you can still make up a lot of time. It's just that people don't think it is. But getting ahead of it and saying, no, this is where I'm at. This is what I can do. Here are the mistakes I made. This is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. And at least you can say you tried. You can't force your kids, but at least you can say you yeah. tried. Yeah, yeah. Man, Joe, uh, this has been an amazing conversation, man. And I, I just don't want to keep you too long, but definitely uh, might have to do a part two or something. I don't know. Anytime. <laughs> I do. here's, here's the one thing I would say. Um, before we get off, the one thing I would say is there is a book called The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. It's somewhere over my shoulder. It's one of like, I, I recommend that book to everybody, even when I do podcasts and stuff like that. Um, but if there's anything you want to take away from this podcast, I would say that always remember that a part of all that you earn is yours to keep. If you can remember that, you'll be ahead of the game. I know it sounds simple. It sounds straightforward, but a part of all that you earn is yours to keep. We are too much in the process of not keeping our money, right? So when you keep your money, you can invest it, you can save it, and you can be charitable. So make sure that you you really think about paying yourself first before you pay your bills and you pay all these people you don't like. And here's the thing. If you can't pay yourself first because you have too many bills, then you got too many bills. Right. It's time for you to cut back, right? And I think that's the most important thing. So um, always remember that a part of all that you earn is yours to keep. If if people just knew that, think about what that part, that little phrase encompasses. Your 401k, your savings, your investing, being charitable, being on a budget, not going into too much debt, right? Like it, because if for you to keep your money, that means the rest of the money, you have to know what's going on. Yeah. So that's what I, the book's called The Richest Man in Babylon. It has no numbers in there except 10%, I believe. It's yeah. written in that's story been form. On, that's been on my uh, book list, list uh, oh, for a while. I just ain't got around to it, it, but I think I'm going I'm to get it. Yeah, on. it's written in this, it's written in story form. And mm -hmm. it's written um, like using like sort of old English. I remember when I bought it for my friends, they were like making fun of me. Yo, what the hell is this? Like, it's talking here. <laughs> Yo, just keep reading, right? Um, but it's such, to me, it's such an amazing book on finance in terms of personal finance. Because what you start to realize is that money is more about behavior than it is about mathematics. Okay? It is not, it, all you need is, what, a fourth grade education, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. 
okay and you and you have phones and calculators and laptops that do all these things like most of the time all you're doing is adding and subtracting but what you realize is that it's mostly about behavior so the story the book is i think is 168 pages it's really really easy to read um i recommend it to everyone because that's one of the key concepts is that a part of all that you earn is yours to keep and the other aspect is make sure that you pay yourself first right so when you get paid i'll give you guys an example when you get paid let's say you get paid four grand a month and but let's say you know depending on how you get paid some people get paid structured for you it may be different right it's going to vary depending on the project you're working on but whatever it is from an average standpoint if it's four grand a month 10% of that should go to you. What does that mean? That means every time you get paid, let's say if you get paid two grand, 200 goes to you, right? That's the first thing you do is because you're the one that worked for it. Right. You worked late. You were away from your family. You were away from your kids. You were away from having good sleep and sleeping in and going out on dates and going for drinks and going for food and enjoying yourself and going on vacation. And the first thing you do when you get paid is go pay a bunch of people you don't like. <laughs> the government does not ask their permission, their, their permission to take your money. So why are you the second in line? Like, think about it. The government comes in, takes the money right out and says, bye bye. They don't ask your permission. Right. So the second person in line better be you to mm -hmm. say, this is mine. All right. Let me go pay a bunch of people I don't like. So right. that's what I'll leave your listen <laughs> listeners with. It's a great book. We'll do it again. I promise you, if you read that book, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, I, I can I can see what the story is right. trying to say. Right, right. Well, I, I hope you got one more thing, Joe, because I was going I was going to ask you to leave us with something, but you kept going. So <laughs> I want you to leave us with one more thing. If you got one, one more uh, one more thing in your back pocket, um, sure. I, want, I want you to have the last word. Um, so I want you to leave us with something, you know, one more thing. And also with your um, social media handles and things like that, where people can find you. And uh, I'll give you a quick second to, to think about that. Um, to my listeners, thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Make sure you guys are checking us out at our website, our official website, which is dealhealfulfilled.org. That's dealhealfulfilled.org. Uh, there on there, you can find out more information about me. Um, having me as, to come out as a speaker, also as a podcast, and both of the information on both of the podcasts. Also, the thing that we're doing virtually with our workshops and things like that. Got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of information. So go to dealhealfulfilled.org. That's dealhealfulfilled.org. And um, check us out. Also there, uh, when I mentioned, one of the things I did not mention, uh, our eBooks, right? So I have several eBooks out now. You can go to eBooks by ejames.com ebooks by ejames.com i made it real simple but if you go to dealhealfulfilled.org you can just hit the link there to take you to the ebooks as well as um our inspirational t-shirt line which is uh deal to heal tees which is also there so if you just go to uh, the main website dealhealfulfilled.org dealhealfulfilled.org you'll be able to find out everything about me also find the links for the inspirational shirts and the ebooks. Uh, also, I have a uh, I've had the pleasure of joining a organization called the Forgiveness Mission. And one of the things that we do, we hold free uh, virtual workshops every quarter of the year and they are free and we talk about forgiveness, what it is, what it's not, forgiveness of self, 
forgiveness of others, you know, and we're studying adding uh, different conversations to it just to have this conversation all around forgiveness and, and healing, right? So um, make sure that you guys are checking us out. Whenever you are listening to this, either one just passed or one is coming up, uh, you can go to forgivenessmission.com to sign up for the free virtual workshop, or you could just go to Eventbrite uh, and register there. Uh, for the free virtual workshops with the forgiveness mission. So make sure you guys are checking us out there. Last but not least, I told you guys, I will tell you how to win $100 from the podcast. So to win $100 from the podcast, you have to enter our super subscriber contest. What must you do? You must first subscribe to our YouTube channel, to our Facebook page, and to our podcast on Spotify. After you've done those three things, then you text the word WIN, W-I-N, to the number 866-326-0730 to qualify to win. The uh, the contest is ongoing and it's random. So once you're in, you can always win. You don't have to uh, re-up anymore or anything like that. Uh, at any time, any day, I can pull a name and you can be our next $100 super subscriber winner. Again, to uh, enter that contest, you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our Facebook page and our podcast on on uh, Spotify, then text the word WIN, W-I-N, to the number 866-326-0730 to qualify to win $100. Mr. Joe. It's $100, man. Y'all better better do that. That's still $100. That's (laughs) right, right. (laughs) It's still any free money. Hey, I mean, that's $100. Y'all better get on that. (laughs) So let me say again, man, I really enjoyed this this conversation. We definitely uh, need to do it again. Um, Appreciate you taking our time to be here and to to share your uh, information with us. So I just wanted to let you know I appreciate it. And I want you to have the last word so the floor is yours absolutely thank you for having me uh anytime you need you know need me i'm here man hope you have a better surrounding i can work this out but you know we're gonna make it work um in terms of social media uh feel free to follow me on instagram and at on youtube it's at debt free joel the name is the same on both uh platforms we put a ton of information on there about saving about investing and most importantly about charity that is the whole point of this. That is the purpose of my life is to help, you know, educate minorities, specifically black people on how to be better with their money so that they can be more charitable. That is the whole point of what I do. So if I was going to leave you with the last word, I would leave you with that is to be charitable and that to be charitable for several different reasons. Number one, I am a God fearing man. So that's number one, right? You are required to give unto Caesar what is Caesar and to give unto God what is God. But on top of that, there's two other reasons that this is actually actually important. And I think this is something good for your subscribers to understand. The first is that it is biblically known as well as spiritually, emotionally, physically, or however you want to put it, that you get what you give. If you want money, you must give money. You want time, you must give time. You want love, you must give love. You want caring, you must give caring. You know how it goes. So if you want money in your life, you must give money. Why? Because you must give unto the universe what you want. Okay, this is a universal law. It doesn't have to be religious. You guys can take it the way you want, but it's true. I watched it my whole life. I watched it with my mother. You know, may she rest in peace where she gave money all the time. My mother never made more than 40 something thousand dollars a year, but that woman gave. And that's why she was able to live her life the way she wanted to. That's the first thing. The second thing is, if part of all that you earn is yours to keep and part of all that you earn is yours to give, 
When you're giving away money that has no benefit for you, you're more likely to pay attention to the money you still have. Mm. You see, the only way you can give money is by knowing what you have. So if I have $100 and I gave away 10, I'm really going to pay attention to this 90. So that's what I would leave all your followers with. Make sure that you're charitable. Not only because it's the right thing to do, not only because if you're religious, that's what you're obligated to do, not only because that's what the universe is telling you how to receive, it's because if you give part of your money away, you're really going to pay attention to what's left over. And that's the point. All right. We can't end it no better than that to my listeners. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Well, our mission is to help people to deal to heal and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from your pain and to fulfill your purpose. Until next time, we'll see you guys next time. Be blessed. Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730. In order to receive text messages, with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the deal to heal with E James podcast. Remember to listen, like subscribe and share. This episode has been brought to you by deal to heal teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.